friends, welcome to episode 55 of Miracle Soup. I'm your host, Christoph Heinen, walking barefoot through the forest on a beautiful Friday morning. Just got the kids all packed up and ready for their day. Dogs are out walking, plants are watered, most of them. We had a big garden push the other day as I've been reading this incredible book about Findhorn. And for those of you who don't know, Findhorn is a community in northern Scotland, which was founded by a couple, a man named Peter Caddy and his wife Eileen Caddy. They had been managing a large hotel around the area of Findhorn. Findhorn is a small little um I'm going to have a seat on this rock and just tell this prop story properly amidst the moss and poison oak. So Findhorn is a community in Northern Scotland. Findhorn is actually, a, it, it is a, it's a small village or a city, I guess a village or whatever town. Um, and nearby there was a hotel called the Clooney Hotel. Peter Caddy was hired to basically help this hotel um, in, in their management, uh, there was sort of dissent amongst the employees and the success of the hotel was, was pretty low. So they hired Peter on who applied these spiritual teachings to, you know, bring it back to life. Uh, Peter had been trained in the Rosicrucian um, teachings and, and kind of like various new thought and spiritual practices. So he was, he was quite an adept and like a big, a big student of like the power of positive thinking, right? And using your word to create and manifest. This was back in the 60s, early 60s. So he takes this job. They totally, they totally rock it. Uh, the hotel becomes very successful. And once it becomes successful, I need to keep moving. I, I had, I knew I shouldn't have had that second cup of coffee this morning, but I was like, oh, whatever, I'm not feeling the first one. And then I guess it's a time delay with this specific bean because I'm like, I'm, I'm ready to go today. Let me tell you something. So anyway, it's hotel, successful. Peter uses spiritual principles, kind of like law of attraction kind of stuff and positive thinking and affirmations and faith in God to bring this hotel up by the bootstraps. And they get uh, successful. And then the owner of the hotel fires Peter. Bam. He says, we don't need you anymore. You got four hours to clear out. Peter and his two children, his wife, Eileen, and Peter's secretary, named a woman named Dorothy. Don't remember her last name, but remember Dorothy part of it. Um, they were all forced to move. Where were they going to go? Well, they did have like a trailer. So it was like the equivalent. It wasn't quite a fifth wheel at that big because back then they didn't really have those. But it was, uh, I think they said it was nine by 20 something. Not a very big trailer. And in, and in uh, the UK, they call it a caravan. So they had driven by this, this uh, trailer park basically in Findhorn and in the past and always looked at it thinking like, oh, thank God we don't have to live there. It was kind of a classic trailer park, you know, somewhere you wouldn't really choose to live on your top, you know, maybe 10 or 50 places to live. Right. But they had no other option. And so they found a little lot, a little plot of tra trailer park 
which was like the cheapest one and it was right next to the dump so there was like just trash and the lot next to it just a, a huge like landfill and uh there they were peter was getting eight pounds a week to support his family and so they were they were unemployed living in this little all three five of them living in this little trailer in northern scotland peter uh oh and then so like that was they weren't even making enough money to to eat on or to survive so they would one of the nearby farmers would like dump his potatoes out and they would salvage the the good parts of the rotten potatoes and make potato soup and then the grocery store down the street would throw out their like old rotten bananas and they'd take those and mash them up and make like a porridge so that's what they that's what they survived on but the kind of what make this story so interesting is that eileen had a a special connection with spirit and she would go at night since they didn't have any room to just really stretch out or uh, kind of like be by themselves she would sneak down to the public restrooms at night and meditate pray and basically dictate messages from god or holy spirit and she would get very specific instructions on what to do and how to how to move forward and she kept getting this these messages saying this is all in divine accord this is all happening on purpose nothing's out of place this is right where you need to be as crazy as it may sound you guys need to learn the lessons that this situation is providing you you need to simplify your diets you need to simplify your your needs and your wants and um and hone in and just just have faith just trust so that spring, Peter, uh, and like it was so cold, apparently, like every time they'd open the door from their trailer, their caravan, all the sand would blow in because it was just basically sand dunes. There was just sand, you know, and um, it was cold. They couldn't do anything outside in the winter. And it's a long winter because they're actually not too far from the Arctic Circle, it turns out. So, So they go, and uh, in the springtime, Peter's like, there's this little plot of land kind of right on their little lot there, and it's just sand. Peter's figuring, well, we got to like grow some food, or we got to do something about our, our nutrition here. We got to get some more food going. So he starts planting like cabbages and stuff in the sand and keeps getting notes from Eileen, from God, keeps getting this guidance kind of on what to do. And then Dorothy starts getting these messages from the spirit realm of the, the nature spirits, the devas, basically, which are like the archetypal, um, what's the word? Pattern, energetic patterns of the plants. It's like the living essence, sort of like the etheric body would communicate to Dorothy on these different, from these different plants, how to grow them, how, how, what kind of, what they should do to supplement you know, the nutrition for these plants, what they should do for the soil, how much to water, like very specific instructions. But mainly it was about connecting with the spirits of the plant and re-establishing a connection with the Davic realm, with the nature spirit realm, with nature herself. And this is like a really big part of the story that like entire books have been written about now. Findhorn is a pretty famous place, but you can... um check that all out i'm not going to get into too much detail here but peter's garden started to thrive and it started to really take off and it was said that they were growing 
40 pound cabbages in the sand. And gradually, you know, he'd, he'd started to be able to source some horse manure and other things. They started building the soil and, and, you know, gradually they had more than enough to eat and they began selling their vegetables, started making some more of an income and continuously, continuously just receiving guidance, receiving guidance from the higher power. And <clears throat> today, Findhorn is a huge community. I mean, they've got huge gardens and organic, uh, or, organic farms and um, workshops and book publications and, um, I mean, you, you name it, right? I was watching a video on just the sewage system that they, they have created. It's incredible. I mean, it just like takes the sewage from the community, pumps it through all these series of tanks with different kinds of plants and fish and, you know, different kind of micro flora and such and then it and then it's totally clean water and it's just like this massive greenhouse super sustainable sewage plant that without any toxic chemicals is able to transform sewage into a resource you know clean water it's, it's amazing um you guys hear that oh my god the beasts of the forest we're gonna turn around guys yeah so anyway what what that inspired me because this book kind of popped out i was just kind of rustling through some uh, like bargain book bins at the bookstore one day while I was waiting on my iPhone to get fixed or something like that. And, <clears throat> and uh, this book popped out for a dollar. Almost done with it, but wow, has it been inspiring. And it was just the, like, the whole, like the gist of it for me, if you really want to boil it down to the main message of this, of this story, the Findhorn miracle is really what can happen when you get out of the way and just listen to listen to God, right? Listen to the higher power, the still small voice within. Like what happens if that is the guiding force instead of fear or rationale or conditioned um, thought processes? And in their case, it was just like nothing short of miraculous. How this little trailer park you know, basically just transformed it. Just, they took it over. I mean, there's no trailer park anymore. It's just, it's Findhorn. It's like this community, which, which you know, the, Eileen's guidance was saying is really a cornerstone and a, a guiding light for ushering in the new age where humanity lives in harmony, harmony with nature and creates a way of life that's sustainable for future generations. Because obviously the way it's going now is a clusterfuck of staggering proportions so so i'm reading this book right and then it was yesterday morning I, w I wake up at like three just with the classic classic dialogue of worry like oh you know i've got this step a stepdaughter 14 who i'm right who i'm raising and i'm thinking like I mean, I hate to use the term like single dad, single parent, because it always it always seems like people use that in such a victim-y way. Oh, single dad, the struggle's real, you know. I need like more like food stamps or whatever. And I just don't like to say that, but the fact of the matter is I am a single dad. So I got this 14-year-old, and I'm thinking like, oh, shit, how am I going to, I'm going to raise this kid, like what am I going to do? I'm going to do the best for her. 
I got a five-year-old. What am I going to do for work? And what am I going to do for this? And I'm going to pay this. And blah, blah, blah. And what about if there's a forest fire? That's like always this looming fear, right? And, all, and it's endless. It was just like this cacophonous tsunami of worries, which I have a feeling I'm not the only one who experiences at three in the morning uh, in the middle-aged years. So all this is happening, and then all of a sudden I'm just like, dude, it's just all too much to process with the part of my mind that I think is in control and that I think can handle it, like the ego or even my self, like Kristoff can't deal with the amount, with the volume of shit that needs to get done, right? I mean, there's just alone in my house, I've got so many projects put my siding on the back bathroom, you know, rock in the garden. I want to build a greenhouse. I want to do this. This thing needs to get fixed, put a door on my bathroom, put the new uh, kitchen floor in. Then I've got like 13 different business ideas and endless. And then, oh my God, it just, you could really, I mean, it's like you could feel like, you know, volumes on the shit that I could be doing. But and since it was all sort of overwhelming, I just kind of reached a snapping point where I was like, oh, dude. And I remember so many of the teachings and Course of Miracles and various teachers, you know, you, there's this repeated reminder. Give it, give it up. Give it to God. Let that higher power, let that, let that one who actually has the capacity to deal with all these things, deal with it. I just sort of entered like this very devotional phase and my mind was like, oh yeah, but that's just like spiritual bypassing and you can't just, you know, be so irrational and airy-fairy, Pollyanna thinking like, like God's just going to take care of everything. But the reality of it is, is that the other way of trying to manage everything and be such a responsible person that everything's just like written down perfectly and totally micromanaged and put together and and you're on top of everything all the time, like, dude, that's just nothing. That's something I've never, I've never been able to achieve. I don't think anyone really has. So I just surrendered. I mean, if you have, like, by all means, like, which book have you written, and what workshops do you teach, and what books have you read that make your life like so seamless? Because a lot of people I know, including myself, you know, not quite there, right? So I had this day where I was just like, all my worry, every little worry that came up after that 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning moment, I was just like, here, God. Here. And I, um, I don't know, I have a special connection with Sai Baba. I think he's just such an interesting character because he's so iconic with his afro and his um, his swami robe, right? So he's just kind of like gliding a couple inches above the above the earth in his little swami robe and his huge afro, and it's very easy for me to recall that image. So I think for me to have like an image of of a higher of God of higher power really helps. Or or my or my uh, my guru Ama. Right as I literally, right as I said that word, Ama, the grasshopper just hit me in the heart. Jema. And I think it can be like a symbol, like a cross or a ball of light. Any, anything that 
directs us to the the mystery, the power of love and the higher power, I think, I mean, I don't think, but I know is, is like totally valid. It doesn't even matter what name or form Krishna said in the Bhagavad Gita. It matters not to me by which name you call me, for you are my beloved and I love you. So it doesn't matter anything that works for us. So for me, it was a Sai Baba, you know, having like a connection with him. Which I think I talked about actually another episode experience I had when I had my first sort of like darshan of Shirdi Sai Baba. Just blasting my mind and heart open, surrounded by a huge flame, flaming fire ball. That was epic. I'll never forget that. But yeah, God's real. And so the whole day, every little thought, every worry, every anxiety, while I'm doing the dishes, for example, I would I would think, oh, I got to do this thing right now. No, I'm going to give that to God. God, you take that. I'm doing dishes right now. I'm doing this for, and I'm going to make this the best dish that I can wash. And then it's going to be the next dish. And then it's going to be the next thing that I have energy for and that I'm feeling called that I'm feeling guided to do to the best of my capacity to receive and respond to guidance. I'm going to go forth. And I had such a better day. So much more relaxation, so much more peace, and so much more flow, and so much more got accomplished. So that completely blew away that whole, you know, spiritual bypass Pollyanna criticism of surrendering to God because so much more is accomplished. I had tons of energy and I had tons of focus and really completed and accomplished some things that needed to get done. So all the worries about finances, all the worries about kids being safe, you know, so much of this is not in our control. And to give it up in faith to the almighty orchestrator, the big kahuna it's just a direct path to peace and ease which i do believe is the way that we were designed and meant to live i don't believe we are meant to be struggling and suffering so intensely here i think that there is a all that struggling is designed all that suffering is designed to bring us uh, into a place of surrender and realization of the true power which can work through us um, to fulfill our mission and our purpose here on earth. It was hard though. Um, I really, like the mind, the rational mind, the mind that we have been conditioned with from schooling and responsible people on TV and teachers. You know, there's a lot of emphasis on like figuring it out, rationality and being responsible in these ways and having concrete understandings. And I think the sooner we let go of that idea that we do know things, that we really have a grasp on it, I think the sooner we can let that go, the sooner we will see 
that we don't have a fucking clue. And um, we don't know. And there's a lot of liberation in that. And there's a lot of and there's a lot of just practical, applicable practicality in that. As evidenced as my day yesterday where so much got dude, so much got accomplished that I needed to do. And I had so much energy because I wasn't wasting it all concerning myself with me trying to figure it all out and trying to plan exactly how it's gonna all fit in my idea of how it should unfold. I love this story Osho told, tells of a man. It's a famous story of a man who, uh, like, I don't really remember how it goes totally, but he's sitting by the river and and it's like this analogy. He jumps in, he, you know, it's like this point of his life where he's just so fed up with everything because he's probably trying to figure everything out and thinking he's so important and so capable of directing his life and figuring his life out. So finally he just, he surrenders and he just jumps in the river and he surrenders. I don't, I don't even care. He just lets the river take him. And the story unfolds. He he gets washed up on the shore and meets this person and ends up getting a job at a grocery store and then becomes the owner of the grocery store. And then kind of like builds this whole empire and this whole like incredible life unfolds because he had an attitude of, of the surrender and just going with the flow. What's that story called again? If anyone knows, send me an email. I've also been kind of, you know, when you're onto a certain theme in, in life and uh, the universe starts sending you kind of like little, little um, clues, little hints that this is really what you're supposed to be focusing on. So I'm kind of getting all this through the Finthorn book and they're seeing the dysfunction of trying to figure everything out and trying to manage everything. And then the other day, Rain, just out of the blue, my five-year-old daughter, out of the blue, says, Dad, you really, you really need to stop trying to figure out your life. I'm like, whoa, from the mouth of babes. From the mouth of babes. And she also told me, Dad, when I get when I get really scared, that's why you hear me singing so much, because when I sing all the all the fears go away. I said, Rain, that is exactly that's exactly the same for me too. I know exactly what you're talking about. And so did Bob Marley, who hath said one good thing about music, when it hits you, you feel no pain. So hit me with music. So that's the Findhorn reality and surrender to God. And so then it becomes also, like I was saying yesterday, like this what if experiment. Like what if I just let go to a higher power who seems to be invisible, who seems like it could be this airy, fairy, pie in the sky, Santa Claus, but what we realize is that it doesn't matter. If it, if, if it is or if it isn't, it's what we believe. And if we believe that this universe is something that's loving and intelligent and orchestrated with intelligence, which I believe firmly because of what I have experienced and what I've seen in my 44 years. But if I just want to believe 
that it's a terrible place, and that's going to show up. Our beliefs shape our experience, as we all know. I don't, need, I don't mean to be preaching to the choir of my Miracle Supers. Appreciate you guys all tuning in today for another episode Today I was online looking for, uh, you know, I'm just thinking like, you know, here, here we are. We're, we got about, I don't know, anywhere from 15 to 100 listeners per episode. That's pretty cool. There's a little crew, little community of people who listen and I get feedback from, from people, which I appreciate so much. And I'm thinking, oh, I would like to, you know, begin to, I would like to grow this experiment. Like, what would happen if I could reach more listeners? So I'm like, well, I'll probably start getting like, I'll probably try to start doing more of a social media presence, right? So I'm like, like going on the Facebook thing and trying to get the Facebook page, which I did, it's, you know, Miracle Soup. And I'm like, well, maybe I'll boost a page, you know, reach a bigger audience. And it just wasn't happening. So I got frustrated this morning. Like, you know what? I don't need to push this. I don't need to push this. I don't need to be attached. I don't need to make something happen if it's not ready. What happened was the boost ad would come up and it'd be like, call this number. I'm like, I, I don't want anyone calling me about. All I want to do is say, here's a cool interview. You know, here's a cool podcast. Check it out. You know, here's this. We're talking about this in this episode. Whatever. I didn't want to have dial here for more information so the facebook thing that's a whole that's a whole rabbit hole isn't it it is a good way to reach people that's for sure i do feel like it's a good thing to put out positive messages through any platform that can you know brighten someone's day in some way set their life in a good trajectory help people overcome the struggles which I have gone through and am going through. Give encouragement. I think that's why we're all here. Share stories. Share rapport. So anyway, uh, thanks for tuning in. If you haven't hit the, uh, if you guys haven't subscribed, I'd recommend it. And if you wouldn't mind leaving a little review, that would just, I would appreciate that so much even any contact information in the show notes and we will do this again in the meantime have a blessed day you might if you don't already just practice i mean what is what what does it hurt right if if you're like it's an experiment what if i believed in a loving god today and gave my decisions to that for one day see what happens but if you're if, if i mean in one day if you do that i mean you can't i mean you i guess you could but i don't think god would guide you to be like yes i'm guiding you to go on a cocaine spree like that's if, if he does that that's not god guiding you okay that's your ego it's got to be checked with some rationale but as an experiment see you know holy spirit what do i do here's my worries i'm so worried about this thing i don't know how to deal with this Take it. 
I want you to take this. Because I'm just going to wa wash these dishes. I'm just going to pull these weeds. I'm just going to do this job and go to work. And see what happens when you let that energy of like trying to figure it out, let that energy go to another power that just may be able to take care of that for you. Anyway, we'll see. Om Namah Shivaya.